Hello, lovely listeners, welcome back. It's the Avento here, and you're listening to the British Whisperer, the place to be to know which stories are making the headlines and learn the English you need. With this podcast, you can stay informed about the world while practicing your listening skills and learning your vocabulary. On the podcast website, thebritishwhisperer.com, you can find the links to the podcast web page with the full transcript of each episode and its translation in Italian. Thanks to my Instagram followers' suggestions, I'm now cutting down my podcast to half time per episode, so hopefully you will be able to stick around until the end. You're welcome to suggest topics you would like to hear about by writing an email at thebritishwhisperer at writeme.com. In this fourth episode of The British Whisperer, I'm going to focus first on Sober October, the 31-day challenge in which people around the world will abstain from alcohol. Next, on a window on Britain, some curiosities from saying goodbye to century-old gas lamps in London, to the candle shopping frenzy, to the new neologism, WFP or working from the pub. Indeed, Britons are exploring different ways to save both energy and money. And finally, I will explore some collocations on drinking. Are you ready to get the latest news and learn some new English today? Time for Sober October then! The idea of Sober October actually started in the United Kingdom as a way to raise money for people with cancer. It's a 31-day challenge and money raised goes to help Macmillan Cancer Support. It is similar to Dry January, which is the UK's one-month alcohol-free challenge that began in 2012 as an initiative by Alcohol Change UK, a British charity, to ditch the hangover, reduce the waistline and save some serious money. Millions of people now take part into the challenge, with more Americans taking notice each year. But even if you do not participate in the official challenge, Sober October is a good way to help reset the body and help to reevaluate your relationship with alcohol. The Telegraph covers the news with an article titled How to smash Sober October, then stay off the booze for good. Thanks to the booming zero-alcohol drinks industry and growing social acceptance, sobriety has never been simpler, they say. The good news is that giving up is hope. The times have definitely changed. Only a few years ago, you would make up weird excuses for not drinking. You had a headache, you had an exam in the morning, you were driving, you know. You were trying to cut down a bait, code for I think I have a serious problem. Now you can just say I don't drink or I don't want to drink today and any normal 2022 human will reply, yeah, mate, fine. Rather than leaning in and slurring indistinctly, is everything okay? With concerned pine of breath. It's the sober good times and the pub knows. As many of us decide to cut back for Sober October, will this really benefit our health in the long term? While some improved health effects are person-specific, many are universal, such as greatly improved sleep, improved memory, better immune function and reduced risk of cancer, science says. 
Some people also experience cardiovascular improvement and weight loss. In general, after four weeks, an improved immune system memory, mood changes, weight loss, clearer skin, a lack of impulsivity and behavioral changes are some of the advantages of eliminating alcohol for a short period of time, said Dr. Lawrence Weinstein, Chief Medical Officer for American Addiction Centers. There are also neurological benefits of abstaining from alcohol. Some can be seen within a week of alcohol cessation, but are more noticeable after a month's time. However, that proving you can quit for a few weeks doesn't necessarily suggest a healthy relationship with alcohol. The main benefit of going sober for a month is breaking a habit, says the pharmacist Abbas Kanani of Chemist Click. It takes around 30 days to form a habit, so not drinking for four or five weeks can help you to stop. But in the long term, it worms, it's back to square one if you return to previous habits. 30 days without drinking is not long enough to reverse any long-term damage. If you go straight back to drinking, it will be have uh, been a waste of time. Most sober October participants might not quit permanently, but for anyone concerned about their health, finances or for creating moods, it's the perfect opportunity to take a step back and reset your relationship with alcohol, perhaps for good. What about you? Have you ever partaken in dry January or sober October? What do you think about these initiatives? Now, time for a window on Britain and a farewell to gas lamps in London West End District, the Times reports. In a city known as the Big Smoke, London historic gas lamps have long lit the capital with a warm Dickensian glow. Peter Chappell writes in the article, Call girls out to save London gas lamps. Now, Actors and historians are warning that the capital faces a conservation tragedy if plans to scrap the West End's gas lamps go ahead. They have called on Westminster Council to drop what they say are catastrophic proposals to dismantle 275 gas lamps in central London, the city where street lighting first appeared. Grief Rhys Jones, the actor who is president of the Victorian Society, said the lamps were reminiscent of a world of Mary Poppins and Sherlock Holmes. The council wants to replace each ornate iron gas lantern with a reproduction and convert it to electric operation using LEDs. About 30 lamps in the borough are thought to have been converted already. Rhys Jones said, It's a rather magical thing. An old lantern in a street still fueled by gas. It takes us back to a world of Mary Poppins, My Fair Lady, or Sherlock Holmes, or London as a place of warmth and dignity and history. There are about 1,500 gas streetlights in the capital, including hundreds in royal parks and the inns, of course. Tourists flock to lamps in Goodwin's Court and Cecil Court, as many believe the street to have inspired Diagonale in the Harry Potter books. Campaigners celebrated a reprieve 
earlier this year when the then Tory-led council posed the plans. The Labour Council elected in May, though, says it will make a decision next year. The Westminster Cabinet member for City Management and Air Quality said, we will only consider installing replacement lamps that meet the highest possible standards of historical authenticity. He added that electric lamps would improve personal safety. Luke Honey, an antiques dealer and co-founder of the London Gasketeers campaign, said that the lamps are in DNA of London and that the public were on the verge of losing a historic part of the fabric of the city. The London Gasketeer campaign, which runs a popular Instagram page, has called on followers to log Westminster gas lamps using what three words? A mapping software that assigns three random words to every three meters squared on the planet. Using this technology, the campaign is developing a map of old endangered streetlights so that enthusiasts can visit and track any that are removed. There are not many left, but they still give a fabulous glow to the dark corners of some of our most beloved London experiences in Covent Garden, St James or Westminster itself, said Rhys Jones. We will need to wait next year to see which decision the Council will make. In the meantime, a poll on the Times article page says that 79% of readers don't want the lamps to go. But there is something else that is concerning British citizens this time all over the country and it's the possibility of daily power cuts this winter in UK. As front pages go, last Thursday was certainly striking. Titles such as UK warned it could face winter blackouts, the Telegraph read. A winter of disconnect, muttered another. Return to the Dark Ages, ran a third newspaper. Every paper carried the same gloomy story of the National Grid's warning that households and businesses could experience three-hour power cuts this winter if the country is unable to import enough energy to maintain supply. The Prime Minister has insisted Britain has a good supply but refused to guarantee that blackouts could be avoided. Hardly reassuring, but perhaps realistic. So, a change of habits is what Britons are definitely facing this winter. The Guardian writes, goodbye WFH, hello WFP, that's working from pub this winter. Pubs face a tough time as the cold bites, but one answer could be to attract laptop workers wanting to save on their own bills. In fact, pubs are braced for a rough ride this autumn as suppliers cancel the long-term fixed-price energy contracts many rely on, and as laptop workers migrate into their local boozers, and the abbreviation WFP joins those 2020s neologisms such as WFH or working from home and starily WFA working from abroad. Now, increasing numbers of pubs are offering WFP, or working from the pub, deals to boost their revenue in the hope that laptop workers will want a break from their own home energy bills. 
introduced during the pandemic, work from pub packages proved popular and are now being expanded. The 380 pubs in the Fuller's chain offer WFB deals from £10 a day, including lunch and a drink, while Brewery Young's has 185 pubs signed up to its £15 a day deal, which varies from pub to pub but usually includes a sandwich lunch and bottomless tea and coffee. The microbrewery pub chain Brewhouse and the Kitchen, which operates in locations including London, Cardiff and Bristol, also offers a popular workspace option with Wi-Fi, quiet spots and power sockets, unlimited hot and soft drinks and, remarkably, printing for just £10 a day. I find working from the kitchen table soul-destroying, says Macmillan who gave up his formal office space a couple of months ago to cut back on operating costs. The pub is great for its laid-back atmosphere, and the best bit is that you get to bond with other pub workers over a beer at the end of the day. Macmillan estimates that working from the boozer will save him hundreds of pounds on his autumn-winter domestic energy bill. Let's go on to see the frenzy that happened with the candles in UK. The Daily Star reports in an article titled It's a Scandal that panic Brits have stockpiled candles in fear of energy blackouts. Some stockpiled candles, matches and logs. The Telegraph suggests that maintaining an healthy stock of candles isn't something you are likely to regret. Torches are also a wise investment too, in an article named How to Prepare Your Home for a Winter Blackout. News reports suggest Britons have already thinking about how to keep warm without using energy. Retailers such as Mark and Spencer and Lakeland are all offering more Thelmas than usual. John Lewis, meanwhile, is seeing a steep rise in early onesies. Purchases. Onesies used to be bought as a light-hearted Christmas gift, but this year they are being bought much earlier in the seasons, along with hooded blankets, perhaps indicating people are buying them with the most serious intention of keeping warm. Onesies may not be stylish, but will certainly be popular this year. It's not like anybody will be able to see you anyway. So this is what's happening in Britain, and... Are you concerned that something similar may happen in Italy? Email me your answer or direct message me on the British Whisper Instagram page. Time now for some English collocations, adjectives frequently used with drinking, meaning a lot, hard, heavy, regular, such as heavy drinking, meaning too much, binge, excessive, harmful, irresponsible. An advertisement campaign to show people the dangers of binge drinking was also launched. Meaning not too much, moderate, responsible, safe, sensible. The importance of sensible drinking cannot be overestimated. When you are legally too young, underage, vandalism, graffiti, underage drinking, drug misuse and threatening behaviour are all serious problems. Verbs frequently used with drinking. Stop drinking, to quit. 
Reduce drinking, to control, to curb, to reduce. Many people reduce their drinking as they get older for a variety of health reasons. Deal with drinking, combat, tackle. This is an innovative scheme to tackle street drinking. Nouns, frequently used after drinking. Habit or problem. She has a self-treatment for her drinking problem. Someone you often drink with. Buddy, companion, partner. He came home drunk tonight as he brought a couple of his drinking bodies with him. Time when you drink. Bench, bout, session. Remember, you might be over the limit for driving the next morning after a heavy drinking session. The belief that drinking is important and part of society. Culture. We don't think that the drinking culture which is causing health problems in the UK can be turned around overnight. And speaking about booze, one popular acronym is Bring Your Own Booze, B-Y-O-B. And the noun booze up means an alcoholic drinking session with your friends. Having said that, lovely listeners, please do remember that if you drink alcoholic beverages, do so in moderation. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. On the podcast website, you can find a link with the full transcript and this translation in Italian. If you enjoy my show, please hit subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss any other episode. And to stay up to date with The British Whisper, you can follow me on Instagram at The British Whisper and spread the word. You are welcome to share any feedback, thoughts or ideas writing an email to thebritishwhisper at writeme.com. And I hope you can take some valuable information from this episode and apply into your English learning. And be sure to come back next week for a new episode. Until then, I'm Thea and this is The British Whisper.